Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is in this place this morning. We're not going to backtrack. We're just going to keep moving forward in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I feel him this morning. Um, Peyton Ashley, if you guys just lift your hands and receive this, I just want to pray for you guys. God, we release joy. We release hope during worship. I just felt, I just felt like there was just a ray of sunlight over, over your house and over your family. So for Carter and for Lawson and for Peyton for Ashley, we speak hope, divine hope in Jesus' name. The love of the Father is being released over their house now. Everything they put their hand to, everything they put their foot to, it's going to prosper in Jesus' mighty name. Prosperity and provision is coming your way. We believe it now by faith, and we receive that in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. One more, Shane, if you and your wife would just lift your hands and receive this. I just, I even saw you guys like in worship when you were lifting your hands. I saw like, you know, we talk about ascending the hill, but I see you, Shane, kind of like at the top of the mountain, and the Lord wants to go ahead and just kick you right off that mountain and just overflow you where you just get lost with him, where you've pursued him and where you've gone after him. The Lord says that has not gone gone unnoticed, and I see everything. I see every detail, and I've already, I've already fixed it in the spirit. I've already put the pieces of the puzzle together all you have to do is trust me son and daughter for I'm taking you deeper and I'm taking you higher just continue to pursue me and to keep your heart ablaze and on fire for me and I will work on your behalf in Jesus mighty name hallelujah I believe that well um, who, how many can say in this room, like over the past month, you have received some type of healing? I know Miss Janice, and I know, and I know, um, and I know that Mr. Allen has received healing. If you've received healing in this room, just like over the past like four to five services, can you just lift your hand? Come on, church! This is something to celebrate this morning. God is on the move, not only in the world, but He's in the move at Cornerstone. He's moving in sparks. So what I love, what me and Miss Ian talk about this, what I love is that it's the Lord's divine purpose and will for our bodies to be whole. He doesn't, he doesn't desire for us to be broken and for her to be hurting, for sickness and disease to be upon us. It is his desire and it is his purpose and will that we walk in total 100% health. And so I believe that the healing, the he, there's something about healing that's in the spirit right now. He wants to do that, amen? And he will continue to do it in Jesus' name. I want to preach a message this morning very quickly. It's 11:17. I know what time it is. I'm going to get us out of here. But I do believe that I have heard from God in a mighty way. Last night, he shook me from my innermost being. He shook my spirit in my heart. So I know, I know you guys look at me all the time like, man, that guy's, that guy's intense. But I know where I was headed, friend. I know I was running down a path on the way to destruction. And if it not been for God's strong arm that picked me up and turned me around and placed me on solid ground, I wouldn't be standing here today. So yes, I'm passionate about it. Yes, I will pursue him. And yes, I will give him my whole, all of my, my very best because he's worthy of it, friend. He's worthy of it. So I want to preach a message this morning titled, The Burning Ones. My life was transformed through this type of worship. I think it's awesome that we went there. I didn't know what Matt and the team was doing this morning. But I think it's so awesome 
that we went the direction that we did because when we were even, we didn't even get to burning ones this morning, but we were going to do that song. I felt like God said to preach this message this morning. And so I don't think it's by coincidence that this is the way that the service went. I feel like the Lord is calling us to a place of radical devotion. And you say, what does that mean? What does that look like? What does that burning type of lifestyle look like? It doesn't look like you run around crazy with your head cut off like a chicken with your hair on fire. It doesn't look like that. What it looks like is you spending time with the Lord every day. You get in the secret place with him and you forge yourself into that place of of presence and into that place of prayer and as you do that the Lord just saturates us with an anointing he saturates us with just something special and unique so that way when we come into this public place we're already stirred up amen and so that's just what I'm burning for right now. I remember when I was first coming kind of into the ministry and when I was first kind of getting into this thing, uh, the thing that really changed my life and the thing that really set my heart on fire for God was seeing people like Pastor John and seeing people like, like, like that on the platform that was pursuing God with all their heart, giving it their very best. You see, the world, we've seen enough of like the half-hearted, we're one way this way and then we're another there. But what the world and what a generation needs to see now more than ever is a body of people pursuing God with all of their heart. No backtrack. Not one way here and another way there. They need to see the real thing. And so I've put my stake in the ground to say, though I may fail and though I may make mistakes and though I'm not perfect, but I'm going to give God my very best every chance I get. So I want to share two dreams with you that I feel like are significant for today. We, we came and we prayed. Uh, the first, we're going to do that. I would encourage you to come. I would encourage you to be here on the first Tuesday of every, no- of every month because I believe that prayer changes things. Prayer shifts the atmosphere. There's nothing that happens in the natural that we don't already proclaim and do in the spirit realm. So I just believe that so much that the power of prayer, I just believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of intercession. So God's kind of t- taken me, and, I ha- and, I- and it's sad for me to say that I've intensified my prayer life because it should always be hot and fiery. But over the past couple of months, I have really picked up the pace on my intercession. And so I think I, I can say for myself and for-, and for Abby and I, we've seen the fruit of what a strong prayer life does. And so I want to talk about this. This morning, I want to share these two dreams. And the first dream... I'm ministering. This was this was about two weeks ago. In the first dream, God bring he he brings me into like a college university. There's a room about half the size of this, but it's packed shoulder to shoulder with about 150 to 200 people. These people are passionately pursuing God. Why God was showing me this, I haven't really fully wrapped my arms around yet. But what He was showing me was I was it appeared to be on some college university in a room full of people who were going after God like something I had never seen before. It was like every person, you know, how you come into a corporate setting and you've kind of got one group over here kind of doing their thing and not you know they're kind of on fire, but then you got a group over here and they're like burning for God and then you got a group over here they don't really they could care less no it wasn't like this in this dream it was like all 200 people giving God their best and so I had the microphone and I was ministering that night and in walks a man called named James Eladrin James Eladrin is a pastor over in the UK and he has a ministry called prayer storm what I felt like God was showing me was the angel of intercession was entering that room so at the end of my dream people begin to flood the altar I didn't give an altar call this is in my dream I didn't give an altar call but people People flood the altar, and as they flood the altar, they're just crying out for God on behalf of the nation, on behalf of their university, on behalf of the world. And I see James in the background, and you just got to know James. If you don't know about him, you can look him up. But if you know him, you know that he's a sergeant in the kingdom of heaven. He burns for prayer. He burns for intercession. And so I immediately knew that when I saw these kids going after God with all their heart, when I looked in the back, I knew that God was showing me that an intercession changes things, and intercession... 
what prayer does in the private place will be manifested in the public. So it's the angel of intercession is what I'm talking about. So when we pray, the, the, the manifestation of prayer is what? Transformed and changed lives. When we pray, things happen. So that's what I want to talk about this morning. It's just a, a lifestyle of prayer and burning. The second dream I want to share with you is really not much to it, but I feel like God showed it to me uh, a couple days ago. And in the dream, I'm standing in front of the Supreme Court. How many, how many in this room believe in dreams? We may sleep and we may slumber, but God never sleeps and slumbers. Our spirit man is never asleep. God is constantly speaking and moving on the earth. So I believe that dreams, and I believe in the prophetic, that if we will yield to what God is trying to say to us in dreams and take every step through how he releases it to us in those dreams, that that really is God's divine will and purpose. And so in this dream, we're out in, the, in front of the Supreme Court, and I am look from like one end to the Supreme Court to the next, I see just leaders, different pastors and leaders that I know that have sown into my life, and some that I didn't know, some that are on a national platform, and some that are not. And, but we were all just crying out to God. God, end abortion. We were praying for the end of racism. We were just praying for these national issues. And then I woke up. That was all it was. It was just a circle of prayer in front of the Supreme Court. Pastors also had two dreams over the past couple of weeks that have been involved with Washington and the White House. So what is God telling us, friend? You think because you're in sparks and you think because there's these small things around us that when we pray and when God gives us dreams that nothing's going on, something's happening, friend. And I believe that as we continue to forge ourselves in this place of prayer and ask God to pour out his spirit that he is going to not only that but he's going to give us divine place and order and authority in high places I believe that with all my heart so those are the two dreams let's turn in our Bibles to Psalm chapter 50 verse 5 I'm going to read 15 quick verses in Psalm if we can pull that up I'll be reading out of the New King James this morning Psalm chapter 50. I want to read 15 verses. And before I read these verses, I, want to sh I just want to tell you the reason why I'm reading these 15. I feel like this sounds kind of harsh and this sounds kind of, it just sounds kind of rough when I read this because it's God talking about his judgment upon the earth and upon Israel. This is, we're talking about when Israel comes up under the government and up under the leadership of, of God, basically. And so, and so, but when he goes into verse 15, through those 15 verses, there is hope being given to a nation if a people will be willing to humble themselves and seek God. But then into verse 16, when we go, we see a divine opposite when God's pouring out punishment. And so it's kind of rough. So I want to, just the fear of the Lord, the sovereignty of the Lord type of thing, but I believe that if there's a people that are willing to humble themselves and seek God that he will pour out his spirit Psalm chapter 50 verse 1 the mighty one God the Lord has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun to its going down out of Zion the perfect the perfection of beauty God will shine forth our God shall come and shall not keep silent a fire shall devour before him and it shall be very tip tip I can even say that word pastor all around him I'm still learning he, sh he shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. But look at verse 5. Gather my saints together to me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice, and let the heavens declare his righteous righteousness, for God himself is judge. Other, is, uh, other translations in this passage say gather to me the consecrated ones. I want to go into what a lifestyle of consecration looks like. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. I will speak, O Israel, 
and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats or your folds, for every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Almost done. Verse 12. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine in all its fullness. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats, offer to God thanksgiving, and pay your vows to the Most High? Verse 5, what I've already read about gathering the consecrated ones, and verse 15 is what I want to draw attention to. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. When we look at the earth today, we do see a lot of darkness and tribulation and tough and just negative things being poured out all over the place. But I've got news for the body of Christ this morning. We were never meant to conform to a standard. We were meant to be the standard. People, this is what blows my mind more than anything, and it frustrates me, is this. People on the earth for healing, people on the earth that are depressed, that are battling suicide thoughts, the last place that they have come is the church. When the church was supposed to be the place to receive healing and to receive restoration to begin with. And so I believe that as we seek his face and as we gather the consecrated ones, the real deal people that are burning in the secret place for God, that we will see a change. I'm going to read you. I'm going to just share this, this stat with you. In 2016, over 3 trillion people, over 3 trillion people were diagnosed with depression. Where are they at in the church? They're not going to the church because the church has become dead and dry and silent when the whole time God was desiring for the church to be the place with open arms saying, come, all who are heavy laden, all who are depressed, all who are sick. That was the place that healing was to take place. Never in the world. I respect doctors, and there may be a doctor in this room today. We need doctors, but we also need the outpouring of healing and restoration back in our churches again. That's what we need. That's what will change the earth. It's not good preaching. It's not good worship and cool lights and a nice building. What will change the world and what will change people is a burning lifestyle that when they come in here, they receive power and they receive the healing that's destined for them to, for them to walk in. Amen? So I believe that this psalm, what we see is God coming to judge the nation. And when Israel came under God's judgment, the mandate was to gather the consecrated ones. That's what I love about this passage. God says, gather the consecrated ones, the people that are burning for me. Gather them to fast and pray in the day of trouble. God promised to show Israel mercy and deliver them from their enemies if they would fulfill their requirement. And then when we read on to verse 16, we see, you know, just this terrifying uh, this terrifying language and just this, this scary lingo of God basically pouring out his judgment upon the earth. So what I believe, why am I sharing that? I believe that we're in this season of verse 1 to verse 15, if you can track with me here, if you can just receive this. We're in this season where if we will seek our face, that God will pour out his mercy and grace. We've not got to verse 16 yet. The windows of heaven are open, friend. The windows of heaven are open, so as we begin and as we continue, I should say, to seek his face and to go after him with our whole heart, God will pour us out. He's not going to leave us dry and forgotten and broken. He will answer us. The God of Elijah who answers by fire, he will answer us. Cry out for a time of rain, in the time of rain, for rain. God will pour out. 
his reign. I believe it. I believe it with everything in me. I'm burning with this in my heart this morning. I believe America, this nation, our community, this church is still in the season of verses 1 through 15. The seasons, the season of the windows of heaven are being opened. Extended mercy. God wants to pour out his mercy and his grace. He's just looking for a people that will say yes. So, but we must gather and we must call upon him. We must gather and we must call upon him. Gather the consecrated ones. Gather the consecrated ones. The ones, there's still something, listen, there's still something to be said for a lifestyle of holiness. I know everything gets preached. Grace, 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 and more grace, grace, grace. But let me tell you something. That's not what changed my life. I love the grace of God, and I'm so thankful for that. And if it had not been for his grace, I wouldn't be holding this microphone in my hand right now. Hear me loud and clear. But it was not that. Yes, it was the goodness of God, but it was a lifestyle that I saw on a group of people. Whatever they've got, i got to have it. Whatever is on their life, I've got to burn. I've got to give God my very best. That was not what changed me, friend. It was a lifestyle of a burning flame like John the Baptist, a burning and shining lamp in the day season, in the night season, on Monday through Sunday. That's what changed my life. Why are you burning like that? Why are you so fired up about that? Why, why, what is it? Because it really is a lifestyle. It's not some flip that we turn on when we come in here. It really is something that we do. We're going to make mistakes and fail it, but God continues to pursue his sons and daughters anyway. So I've got news for you. All you got to do is just pick it up and keep on running. Just keep on going after him. It's okay. Even in this morning, if you're like, man, I'm not living that. It's okay. Just say yes to it today, friend. Just receive it. It's okay. God is merciful. His mercy endures forever, friend. Hey, I'm telling you, it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. He's a great God. He's a magnificent God. So we ought to give him our best. Don't you think? Don't you think he's worthy of our very best? Hallelujah. I believe that. Oh, I believe it. Jesus. I believe it. I believe it for America. Psalm 34, 5. Can we put that up? Listen, while they're doing that. The countenance of one is transformed by gazing on and continually worshiping God. I'm going to read that again. The countenance of one, the outward, the, outward the, the, the man, the temple of one is transformed by gazing on and continually worshiping God. Well, how do I walk around like, how do I walk around with authority, praying for the sick, casting out devils, raising the dead? Oh, yeah, we believe that type of stuff around here. How do we do that? How do we do that? You forge yourself in a place of prayer where God constantly shines his mercy, his grace, his anointing, and his spirit upon you. So that way when you come out of the secret place, you're a burning, shining lamp that's illuminating with his spirit. And it's just like Peter. It was All he had to do was cast a shadow, man. That's what we do when we pray, when we come out into the world. There's something different about you. And what is it? It's Jesus. It's his illumination. When we go places, the world, what is that? They're carrying the joy of the Lord because I've got joy down in my bones. So, Psalm 34, 5. They looked to him and were radiant. I love that word, radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. I love that. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 3.18 also. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 
but we all with unveiled face beholding as a, in a mirror to the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. When we say yes to consecration and when we say yes to a life of radical, just simple devotion, the Lord takes us, what that tells me, from glory to glory to glory to glory. That is his desire for his people is to take them from one step of the ladder to another step up the ladder, take you higher than you've never gone, take you deeper than you've never gone. God is not dry and dead, friend. He's alive and roaming on the earth today. And all we have to do is ask, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be given to you. And the Lord constantly, he stands at the doors, Revelation says, and he knocks. He knocks on our hearts. All we have to do is say yes to it. God wants to reveal his secrets to you. He wants to tell you things that you had no idea were even fathomable. He wants to release healing to you for you so that you can release it into your family and into your business and into your church. But we got to get away with him. We got to get away with him. We got to create. We, we, have, we have to burn for him in the nighttime. We got to burn for him in the daytime. We got to burn for him every season, summer, spring, winter, and fall. I know it's tough, and I know it gets weird. One more, Second Chronicles seven fourteen, just about seeking His face right here, and then I'm going to move on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Second Chronicles. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Are we good on that? I can turn to it if I need to. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. There we go. Thank you, guys. If my people who were called by my name, we know this verse, if my people who were called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. If my people who were called, we are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. We've created this deal about prayer where it's like, it's something that we dread to do, or it's something that like, it's like this spooky thing. Man, God God doesn't say if you pray, he just says when you pray. And when you pray, our Father who art in heaven, the kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let's just say yes to that, amen? Good, thank you. Consecrate. What does being, being consecrated mean? What does a lifestyle of consecration look like? It means to be dedicated to God, to be separated from the world, and to be fully devoted to God. Do we love the world, and does God need to see, and does the world need to see God shining in us? Yes. So do we run from the world? No. But we don't waste our time with worldly pleasures and with worldly things. Why do we do that? Because God on the inside of us needs to get through us. He needs to get through us. The God that's on the inside of you is not only for you, but it's for the world. Not everybody's walking in victory, friend. Not everybody's walking in this type of a lifestyle that Pastor John preaches about every Sunday. They're not. So what do we have to do? We have to be spiritual enforcers, spiritual enforcers, so that way when we pray, we're just going ahead and declaring and decreeing the victory for our sons and our daughters. Not everybody's walking in this victory in Cook County that we're talking about. Not everybody's doing it. So I don't know about you, but I'm not okay with the world dying and going to hell. I'm not okay with that. That's not God's purpose. And if it does happen, it'll be with God's literally outstretched arm. He, he doesn't desire that any would perish, but all would come to know him. That's his desire. So why am I telling you all this? So that way when we go into the world, we can be carriers of revival. 
We can carry his presence all, all the days of our life, everywhere we go. We see this type of a lifestyle. And let me say this too. People that live these consecrated lives, if you're fine with being normal and complacent, this message really isn't for you. But I'm not okay with just going through a mundane life. I want to see God pour out his spirit. I want to see the dead raised. I want to see the sick healed. I want to see blind eyes and deaf ears and the lame walk. They should be able to pull the paralytic in here and we raise them up. Amen. We should be able to see that, and we will see that. And if God did it once, he will do it again. I'm just releasing hope to you today. It's time to believe the God dream again, friend. It's time to believe again. Just receive that by faith because he wants to do it. So the people that we see in the Bible, people like Samson, a consecrated life of a Nazarite, Daniel, he wouldn't eat of the king's food, John the Baptist. John the Baptist shifted the very nation through his consecrated lifestyle he shifted the very hinge of history and here's what i love about john the baptist john the baptist had the authority on earth to announce behold the soon coming king the word behold the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world why was it John the Baptist? Because he said yes to burning for God in the wilderness, eating locust and honey in the wilderness. You know what that looks like? Probably sleeping on the ground. It looks probably really tough. But I would rather go through the wilderness and when I come out, be illuminating like a burning, shining lamp and be able to announce, behold, the soon coming king but who takes away the sin of the world. Not only did he get to announce that, but he got to baptize the king of kings and the lord of lords. So this is what a lifestyle of devotion does for us. When we say yes to radical consecration and prayer and intercession, intercession and devotion, we get to do the stuff. All we have to do is say yes, just like John the Baptist. He forged himself in the fire of the wilderness. And when he came out, he got to announce Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And not only that, but he got to baptize Jesus. That's pretty cool to me, man. I don't know about you, but I wanted, I mean, hey, it wasn't just for the Bible. We get to do this stuff now. That's the problem with today. We think we see this stuff and we see things that go on. I know this is simple, but we got to get this message because it wasn't just for then. It's for us to walk in the fruit of that now. These signs you shall do greater because I'm willing and able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask, think, or imagine. I want to do this stuff, friend. The signs, wonders, and miracles. Cook County needs that. The South needs a burning people that will say yes to the weird stuff. You may think you're weird this morning, but God is saying, I like the weird ones. Just go ahead and go for it. I know it sounds crazy. Just go for it, man. Because God wants to do it. In the darkest hours, God will raise up the burning ones to shake the nation. In the darkest hours that a lot of people may say that we're in right now, God will raise up a people with burning hearts to literally shake the nation out of their complacency. Complacency is a huge problem. We're okay with reading out of a hymnal, going to eat chicken, and going to the house. We have got to experience the more of God. I want my name, when it be written in heaven, Stanton Moore, the guy who wants to experience the more of God. I know it sounds crazy, but send me the deaf. Send me the blind. Send me the dead. Because I know it's God's will that nobody should have to walk like that. This is what people need to see. They don't need to see another good service, man. They need to see the manifestation of Jesus, the glory of God being revealed on the earth to his people. 
God is not sitting some far, he's not sitting far away, sitting back with his arms crossed like this. No, he's roaming and he's on the earth today seeking who he can use. But the enemy, he's out, he's out roaming and seeking who he can devour as well. So that is why it's so important for us to stay Keep our spirit constantly stirred. Is this making sense to us this morning? Just keeping our spirit stirred. That's all. There is still something to be said for a lifestyle of consecration and holiness. Even though we don't preach about it anymore. What about the fire of God? What about the fire of God? All the grandmas and the mamas and aunties, cornbread and green beans that pray for you, that the fire of God will consume your life. We still need that. That's what changed my life, friend, was a praying family and a praying people that say, God, mess him up and inject him and don't let him leave until you're different. That's what we need, the fire of God. We need the fire of God and a people to raise up in power. Where's the power at in the church today? We preach a 30-minute message and a 10-minute worship service, give you a coffee and a donut, and send you out the back door. Where's the power at? Where's the authority at? Oh, I'm a burdened man this morning, I'm telling you. My heart is burning for it. I want to see it. I text pastor once a week, God, I'm burning for it, man. Oh, I want to see it. I want to see it so bad. And God will answer those who seek him. He never disappoints true seekers. He doesn't disappoint those who seek him. So if you're knocking and you're not seeing the manifestation, let me give you hope and joy this morning. Help is on the way. Just keep seeking him. Just keep going after him. He's going to answer your prayer in the nighttime. When you lay down at night and think nobody's listening to what you're praying for, for your lost son and daughter, oh, the Lord sees that prayer. And he's coming with his strong arm to help you. He's a present help in the time of need. Somebody needs to hear it because I feel it in my bones. Somebody needs hope in this room today. Don't grow weary. Don't grow weary, says the Lord. Just keep walking. One foot in front of the next. One foot in front of the next. Keep going. You're not walking horizontal anymore, man. You're walking vertical. You're coming up. You just keep taking one step up the mountain, up the mountain, up the mountain, up the mountain. Just keep, just keep pursuing. Life will knock you down, man. It has a way of doing that. I know what it's like. I know what it's like. I'm telling you teenagers. I know what it's like. to get, God, and you just get filled with guilt and with shame. But the lady with the issue of blood, what I'm about to read, she had her issue for 12 years. Everything that she touched, every person that she came in contact with, everything. We're talking about when we fell and when we skin our knees. That's what we're talking about. She had the issue of blood. She had the, she had the, the horrible thing, okay, the, the addiction. I'm just talking about applying it to real life today. She had the porn addiction. She had the alcohol addiction. She was depressed and all of that, okay? She couldn't stop bleeding. The Bible's what, what after studying for 12 years, everything she touched, everything she encountered, every bed that she laid on, she... She, it, she was what some people say is soiled. She, she was soiled. So I want to read, read Luke 8, 40, and I'm going to read through 56, and I'm going to read it quickly because I felt like God showed me something in this, and I have heard this preached before, but I've never heard it how God, I felt like how he gave it to me last night. What I'm talking about right now is, a, is, is corporate. It's just for all of us, and what I want to get to in a minute is for, in, for the individual son and daughter and body of Christ. So this is just this is just hopefully for one person in here. Luke 80. Luke 8, sorry. Thank you, baby. Luke 8. I'm fired up up here. Luke 80, chapter 40. I love this. Luke 8, sorry. Cha I mean, uh verse 40. 
God help me, Jesus, Mr. Danny. A girl restored to life and a woman healed. I love that. Read this quickly. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. This is probably one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. Pause right there. We need to look at the life of Jairus and understand that there's no plan B, only plan A. Jairus was desperate for God, friend. The world is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. We've got to get to him. And look at Jairus right here. And look what happens. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now, a woman having a flow of blood. So here's Jairus just hanging out. He's just waiting on God to do something. And here comes the lady with the issue of blood. So Jairus is just like, what about me, God? I'm just kind of over here hanging out. Because the lady of the issue of blood knew that if she could touch Jesus, she would be healed. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of old, verse 43, sorry. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on, phys on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? I love it because it's almost like Jesus is, it's almost like he's like seeing. And the lady with the issue of blood comes up and pursues Jesus. And it's like their eyes meet. I love that. When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? What type of God do we serve that realizes when the very power of him just goes out? Master, the multitudes throng and press you, 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 and you say, Who touched me? Verse 46, But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people and the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. So all is out there. The issue is out there at this point. And he said to her daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Moving on. This is what I want to get to. While he was still speaking, someone came from the, came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid. Only believe leave and she will be made well gosh when he came into the house he permitted no one to go in except peter james and john and the father and the mother of the girl now all wept and mourned for her but he said do not weep she is not dead but sleeping the body of the christ is not dead friend the people of god that are on the earth today that's not dead miracles are not dead signs and wonders are not dead it's only asleep I want to propose this thought to you today. What if, it's just a, what if it's just a package that's been wrapped up and God is waiting for his sons and daughters to repack the package? What about that? And he said to her, when he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in. James and John lost my place. Verse 52, now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, do not weep. She's not dead. She's only sleeping. Love that. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead, but he put them all outside. It's always the church folk. It's always the people that think they know it all that will proclaim things to be dead. When it's not God's will to begin with anyway. It's not dead. It's, not a, it's, it's only asleep. All we have to do is shake it from its slumber. And they ridiculed him knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by hand and called saying, little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned and she arose immediately and he commanded that she be giving something to eat and her parents were astonished but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. 
I love this because that girl represents the body of Christ of what we may see today. It's not dead. It's only asleep. But here's what I want to point out to you. The story represents desperation through Jairus, yes. Pleading with Jesus to raise his daughter who's only 12 years old. When you're desperate for God, you don't care what it looks like, okay? You get to a place where, God, I've got to have you. We've got to live in a place of desperation, of hunger and thirst, constant hunger and thirst for the more of God. Never growing weary in that. The lady with the issue of blood dealt with this for 12 years. But here's what I want to point out. Here's the revelation that I felt like God showed me. I've heard this before, but I never heard it done like this. 12 is the age of maturity. When you turn 12, you turn into a mature, you're becoming into adulthood, okay? So 12 being the age of maturity, and the, what, what I studied and found out is that lady had her issue for 12 years. What is the age of 12? 12 is when you become able to reproduce, that's when you become able to reproduce. And so could it be that God can't move us into maturity, into a mature state as the body of Christ until we are willing to reproduce what this man and what we've already seen with our natural eye? What about that? Let's go back and redo that one more time. What if God was waiting on us to mature and realize that we must reproduce what we've already seen. God is interested in an Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob type of thing. He's interested in a Steve, Jesse, and Asher type of thing. That's what God is after. Not just a season where he comes and blows in and that's it. God's after for the rest of history to continue to pour out his spirit. But it's a, it's a, it, has to, it, will be, it will be poured out on a body of people that's mature, walking with, walking with the Lord hand in hand like a friend, just like Moses did on the mountain day in and day out. So, one more time, what if that's it? What if God can't move us into a place of maturity, 12 years old being J. Iris, the girl was dead, until we say yes to reproducing what we've already seen? What about that? That's revelation to me right there, friend. What, what, what if that's the case? And I would say that God, is, he, he sees a people this morning at Cornerstone who's willing to say yes. Hope is not gone. Hope is not lost. It's only asleep, just like Jairus' daughter. And see, the people would try to throw stones and say, yeah, she's, she's dead. Move on with your life, man. Just go on. That thing that you've been praying for, that person that you really want to see healed, your finances, how you really just are beat up and broken right now, uh, just forget about it. But God says it's only asleep. It's only asleep. Gosh, I love that. We've seen this, and we've seen the manifestations in the earlier days. But where is it today? Where's the manifestation of that stuff today? It's being poured out in Reading. It's being poured out in Toronto. It's being poured out in places. We think because we're in Sparks down here in the middle of nowhere that God can't do it. I've got news for you. He would like to use the, uh, the, the place where it's in the middle of nowhere anyway. So let's believe again. I know we're on a back street and nobody really knows, but I've got news for you. All it takes is a body of people that are willing to seek his face. And God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And he will take us from glory to glory. We've seen this. Where's the manifestation today? How do we obtain this maturity? It's forging ourselves into this place of prayer. Maturity is, is achieved through saturating yourself in God's presence and prayer. Every day when you wake up, you got to seek him. In the afternoon, you got to seek him. Yes, you got to go to work. But I found myself getting in my vehicle. Just keeping my spirit stirred, man. So that way, when you encounter situations, you're ready to take them. It's not dead. It's not dead. 
I got news for you today. It's not dead. That thing you're believing for, it's not dead. It's not dead. It's not dead. You, somebody needs to hear that this morning. Oh, it's only asleep. How do you define maturity? How do you define a mature son or daughter in Christ? Here's how I define it. Somebody who can lay their hands on the sick and see them recover. When I look at maturity, I look at somebody who's doing the stuff. Not who can preach a good word, although we we do need good preaching. But above all else, we need fire-baptized, Holy Ghost-anointed men and women of God back in our pulpits. Leonard Ravenhill in his book, While Revival Tarries, says, With all thy praying, pray for the unction. We need the unction and the anointing back, friend. How do we obtain that? How do we become a mature believer and son or daughter of Christ? We forge ourselves like John the Baptist in a place of prayer and a lifestyle of consecration. So that way, when we come out of that place of prayer, we can walk in our destiny that God already designed for us to walk in. And that's what I love about, about this whole thing is this. God destined us to walk in that type of authority on the earth. We're supposed to walk in that type of authority. And Kenneth, Hag- Kenneth Hagin's book, uh, uh, Kenneth, Kenneth Hagin's book about authority changed my whole thing. It's almost as if he was like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like this with him. If somebody's sick, well, just, I mean, like, God, oh, they're sick. Well, pray for them and they'll be healed. It's that easy, friend. It's a free gift, ain't it, Miss Ian? It's a free gift. All we have to do is receive it. It's not something hard that we, have to, that we have to strain and strive for. It's God's divine will. It's God's divine purpose. Do you believe that in here this morning? I believe it. So how do you define maturity? That's how I define maturity. So I'm moving on and I'm almost done. God desires for us, and we are. I believe it. We're healthy. I believe that in this house this morning. But God does desire for our spirit man to be mature so that we can walk in the authority that's destined for us. Consecration is key. Do you hear me this morning? The Brownsville Revival, the Toronto Revival, the Azusa Revival. History repeats itself. All of the previous moves of God were not for us just to look at and say, oh, well, that's great. God desires to do it now. He desires to do it now. He desires to pour it out now. Do you believe that? I believe it. That's great. He wants to reproduce revival after revival. So does that make sense to you this morning about about 12 moving into a place of maturity because we say yes to reproducing what God's already done on the earth? This man pours out word after word. Sometimes it takes me a week to unpack all the revelation. But we can't sit and get fat because it will happen. We have to go and apply it to our own lives. We got to walk it out. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we got to walk out what's being fed to us. God never destined us for for us just to sit back and receive, receive, receive. Yes, we need to receive, and yes, we need to be poured into, but we've got to pour back out what's been given to us. I'm talking about mature sons and daughters and fathers and mothers in this place this morning. That's what I'm talking about, who can walk in the authority that God's already given them, the power and the authority. Let's redig the wells. Let's not just sit back and get fat. Let's redig the wells that are that are that have been dried up. Uh, me and Pastor had had dinner with a with a uh, with a couple the other night, and this I won't get into all of it, but this is what he said. He said, "Man, I'm I'm so sick of hearing the stories about once was about how people would pull up on a parking lot and how they would feel the power of God so strong and they couldn't even come into the into the temple. They couldn't even come to into the sanctuary. Why? Because the power of God was so strong." He said, "I'm sick of hearing stories about about the the blind eyes being opened in the death." 
deaf being raised and the, and the lame being able to walk. I'm tired of, of, of hearing these stories where the glory of God comes and people just sit in awe at his, at his glory and, and all of that. He said, I want to redig the wells now. He said, I feel like God sent me to this area to redig the wells of revival that were already once there. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if you want to sit back, that's fine. But I'm going to contend for revival in Sparks. I'm going to contend for revival in my community. I'm going to contend for revival in America. I'm going to contend. We're contenders in this house. That's the call on his life, and that's the call of this house to contend. Did you, you heard us in here this morning. It's a mighty rushing river. It never dries up. We just got to get our shovels out, baby. We just got to start digging again. That's all we got to do. Just dig and keep digging until you hit water because it's a mighty rushing river. We're not by a water tower by happenstance now. Oh, no. God's desiring to pour out the spirit. God's desire to pour out the river. So that way when people come in here, my gosh, what is that? It's the power and presence of Almighty Yahweh God. Let's redig the wells. I'm moving on. I'm almost done. How do we become world shakers? How do we become, how do we shake the world? How do we shake the church and the region? How do we do that? It's the place of prayer. And so all of that being said, individually, that's really, that's all I'm saying. I just came to preach a simple message to you this morning. Just keep your spirit stirred, friend. Don't walk out of this room dry and come back in here Wednesday. Just still, just still kind of, well, Sunday was good. We'll come back in here in good church service. No, undig it. Get in a place of prayer. The Bible says, I love it. I think it's Matthew that it says this, Pastor, but it says, when you go, in the door, when you go into the place of prayer, shut the door. Some of us have got to turn the phones off. Some of us have got to turn the TVs off. I don't know about you, but I can't go into a place of prayer with my phone because it happens. That's the world that we live in today. That is the world that's before us today. Technology, it's in your face. Somebody's calling, somebody's texting, somebody's liking my picture, somebody's not liking my picture. Oh no, I've lost a friend. I went from 1,200 friends to 1,100 friends. Who cares? My gosh. I am more concerned because, see, I see this with teenagers, not only in here, but I, and not only in this city, but I see it everywhere, I, anywhere. Who cares what it looks like? Oh, gosh, I would rather burn for God with all of the fiber in my being and be known as a, as a sergeant in the kingdom of heaven than to have three million Instagram followers. What's people saying about me in heaven? That's what I want to know. I'm more concerned about what's going on in the, in, the, in the realm, in the spirit realm, and what God says about me. Because here's the thing that we got to realize at the end of the day, we're not going to stand naked before our friends. We're going to stand naked before God. And I want him to look at me and say, well done, my faithful servant. That's what I want to say. When you look at Stanton and Abbey, let it be known today that you see a burning and shining lamp. You say, that's bold as a line. That's a big statement. Oh, yeah, you better believe it, buddy. I may screw up, but I'm going to pursue God with everything I've got. When they look at me, let them see a burning and shining lamp. Unashamedly preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel and bring the good news. That is our mandate. We were created to do that. You see, many of us in this room will never hold a microphone. We'll never stand on the pulpit, okay? But God is desiring for you to take this fire, Holy Ghost that we're talking about into your job and into your family and into your house and into your schools. That's what he's desiring for us. My gosh, I feel it all over. Matt, will you guys come up? Thank you, Lord. Let's do that house of prayer. We're going to pray one more time before we move on. In the darkest hours, God will raise up a consecrated people. 
In the last and in the days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. The hearts of the fathers being turned to the sons and the sons' sons being turned to the fathers. Oh, gosh, I believe this, friend. Do you believe it this morning? Come on. I, when I look at Cornerstone, I want to see a body of people with full hope believing that God is on the earth today. That is what I believe. Revival. Revival. I'm a revival seeker. That's what I'm after. That's what he's after. We're after a manifestation of God on the earth today. We're after, we're after a spiritual awakening. The South and the body of Christ in Cook County needs an awakening. We can sit back and say that it doesn't, but they do. Where's the signs and wonders at? Until then, they need a spiritual awakening. That's what we need. We need to wake. God, wake us. That's my prayer this morning. God, wake us from our slumber. You say, man, that's so much. That's crazy and intense. I know it is. But I can't afford to go another day seeing the same stuff that I see. Gosh, we need an outpouring. We need it. And I believe that God's going to do it. Amen. There's power in our prayers. So before, and I'm, and I'm done right here, and we're going to pray. But I do want to show you the manifestation of what I feel like happens when we pray you can just play softly right there here's here's what i feel like here, here's what i feel like right here god help me articulate this help me communicate this how you gave it to me god when we come here come here jonathan will you come here and help me just come just come and lay just come and lay right here and act as if you're asleep just act as if you're asleep this is what prayer does this is what prayer does before anything happens in the natural realm, before we see it come to manifest before our eyes, we got to see the heavens in the spirit realm. The spirit realm is more real than what we believe and what we even realize. So we got to go after that and we got to bind up those things. And so that way, when we come into the natural, we see it manifest. God will pour it out in the natural. He will. He will. I believe it. This is what it looks like. We go in, we shut the door, we come into this place of prayer. God, shake us from our slumber. God, shake us from, God, wipe the sleepy off of our eyes and let us see you again. Let the dead come back to life again. Breathe life into your people, God. In Jesus' mighty name, let the fire of the Holy Spirit burn in a generation, God. Those things that have been dry and just and just put to the side, God, we say, let it rise again. Let it rise again. Let the dead come alive in Jesus' name. And when we come out of this place of prayer and we go over here to these, to this, the body of Christ, and we come up, stand up, come up. We say, in Jesus' name, arise. And take off running. And that's what happens. That's what happens. In Jesus' name, we forge ourselves in the wilderness. John the Baptist, burning, shining lamp. God, shake a nation. Shake Adel. Shook the, shake the community. Shake the region. God, raise up a burning generation of Nazarites, God. They won't have any toleration for anything else except for you. We'll not, we'll not tolerate a Jezebel spirit. We'll not tolerate the spirit of sexual perversion and sexual addiction and racism and abortion, God. There it will be a standard raised up. God, let this body of people be a standard, God. We, we refuse, God, and we declare it, and we decree it that we will not conform to the world we create the standard stand up on your feet we create the standard listen 
if you're ready to take your prayer life to the next area you have a spiritual listen hear me on this you have a spiritual responsibility to pursue God God has given you a spiritual responsibility for him to, to, to shake the heavens that's what that, that's your responsibility you say I'm not a preacher I'm not really even a guy who's gonna hold a microphone I'm just kind of quiet well that's okay but burn 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 when nobody's looking teenager burn when nobody's looking when mama and daddy aren't looking when aunt and uncle and grandma and grandpa aren't looking burn for god for the rest of your life if i could tell you one thing man oh if i could tell you one thing it would be burn for god with all of your heart give him all you've got pursue him pursue him pursue him with all you've got Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media. 